You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. It's tech fan number 301. Hello, David. We won't go as long as we did last week. No? Nah, that was that was exceptionally long even for us, I think. Uh, I'm, I'm still having post-traumatic flashbacks to it. Made me want to watch Marvel movies, though. Did you, have you, um, is Guardians out, Guardians 2 out yet? Yeah, it, can't, it started today. All oh, right, see, it was that, it came out last week here, so I've already seen it. You like it? I liked it a lot. It was very, very good. A lot of people are saying, oh, it's not as good as the first one. Um, obviously it's not as new as the first one, but it was more of the same. It was very, very entertaining. That's what I want. I want more of the same. More of that, please. Yep. People go, oh, they need to change things up. Really? I go to a restaurant for a certain thing that I like there. More of that next time, please. Yeah, you don't want to go to a Chinese restaurant. They say, they say new burgers. Yeah. Would you like a Happy Meal? No, I would not like a Happy Meal. I came here to, what are you, crazy? I want the orange chicken and the, you know, come on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I want, I want the so, Kung yeah, so Pao chicken. Anybody, I would say anybody who enjoyed the first Guardians movie will love this one just as much. Now I want Chinese food. <laughs> Sounds good. So, yeah. uh... Tomorrow, I go watch Rachel, my oldest daughter. Uh, she walks in her college graduation tomorrow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Does that make you feel old? Yeah, it does put things in perspective. you got to think that she wasn't even quite one years old when I started MyMac.com. And, you know, I look at how different mymac.com is and then i look at my daughter and i go yeah look at this they're yeah, they're about the same age i know and she, you know look she's she's a very lucky girl to have benefited benefited from the enormous riches that mymac has brought you over the years Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the I'm things sure that'll that. bring me is her laptop because she's ruined the hard drive in it tomorrow and i'll have to <laughs> take it home with me and then i ship it to her in chicago afterwards right okay, reminds me so. i got a or I got to jump on OWC and and order a hard drive. I wonder what they've so, got for hard drives. You want you well? You, are you going to do a hard drive and an SSHD or an SSD? Uh, you know what? I think for hers, she doesn't need an SSD. She doesn't use it a whole lot to begin with. But yeah. what she does use it for is usually I'll put some movies on there, or she'll uh, usually she's watching Netflix, but. You know, I've got an extensive library of stuff. She's got my iTunes account, so if I bought something there, she can download it or stream it on her computer. Yeah. No, SS, even the 256-gig SSD is not expensive nowadays. Mm -mm. So, if yeah, I, I, I'm you, on OWC's website right now, and well, let's see how much a OWC SSD, 2.5 inches. Uh, she has got a MacBook... No, see now I can't remember if she got a MacBook or she's got a MacBook Pro. Um boy, I don't remember which one. I think it's a twenty twelve. Might be a twenty eleven. I think it's twenty twelve. So let's go with twenty twelve. Uh yeah, see I don't want to spend uh, <sighs> the drive only I could get a two hundred forty gig SSD for hundred and thirty bucks, which is a good price. But I can get her a lot more storage if I go you know, just the regular drives. The right. non-SSD. What about an SSHD? Nah. It's a good compromise. Yeah. 
I got I got to look at the one that she has. I'm not sure which machine she has now. And I'm the yeah, one they, who bought uh, it for, but I, I don't remember. OWC has a 240-gig Neptune SSD for $99. What is it? Uh, the Neptune. Oh, that's the new brand, isn't it? Yeah. So that's only $99. Hmm. So that's a, that's a bit more like it. That, that might be uh, the way to go. I'm looking at their... Well, I, I don't know what she's got in it. It's not a very big drive, though. I think it's yeah. it's I think it's like a three thirty or something. Right. And I'm talking about gigabytes, people. Yeah. <laughs> not terabytes. I mean, I could I could drop a one terabyte spinning disk, seventy two hundred RPM for seventy bucks. Yeah. That's not bad. So, I, the, I, the only thing that bothers me about drives like that is a lot of eggs in one basket. One terabyte of eggs in one basket. You could end. I, I always worry with a drive that big that you'll end up filling it up, and then then the thing will die with die on on you. And because it's a terabyte, you've never backed it up anywhere else. Yeah, that's. Oh, but she doesn't store anything on it, though. So she doesn't need a terabyte then. <laughs> that's kind of it. <laughs> yeah. But I'm always a bang for the buck kind of guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I do know. know what you mean, but. 2012 machine with a spinning hard drive is going to feel hella slow. That's true. I should probably just throw an SSD in there. Yeah. Like I like the mouse sound. <laughs> That's not annoying at all. Yeah, I think I might go with the 240 Neptune for 99 bucks. Mm-hmm. Full SSD, but that's a smaller drive than I think she's got. I, you know what? I'm not going to make up my mind until I get the computer in hand. Yeah. And look at it and touching and feeling and all of that is something else I want to do with this new surface laptop that Microsoft has announced. It looks pretty nice. It looks very nice. Um, as, as you know, I've, I've had several surface devices. Um, I'm, I'm a fan of them. I, I think Microsoft really for, for a company that hadn't done computer hardware like this before, I think right from the gate, you can argue about some of the decisions they made with RT and, and this, that, and the other in terms of you know ar- architectural changes, but I think the hardware was always very strong. And um, this is this is more of the same. They, these guys really know what they're doing, and they've they've produced something that looks certainly in the in the marketing shots looks very very desirable, probably as desirable as anything Apple's ever made. I would say. I, I like it's got different colors. Um, yeah. I like the hinge on it. It looks very nice. I, I yeah. mean, I, I don't want to. I don't want that to sound like it's degrading or something. It looks like a really nice laptop. And if you're yeah. a Windows guy, this is pretty cool. So this is the Microsoft Surface laptop. So if you if you, if you imagine the uh, kind of the big Surface Four tablet with the uh, keyboard that kind of the cover keyboard they do that's kind of um, that kind of clicks onto the bottom. You imagine that kind of was put through a matter trans, trans uh, converter and turned into a, a permanent laptop. That's kind of what this Surface laptop looks like. It um, starts at a thousand dollars, which you know is is pricey, but this you know Microsoft stuff has always been towards the premium end of the market. Um, and uh, slightly confused messaging on this in that the event it was launched at was all about 
K through 12, it was all about this Windows 10 S, which is a, a version of Windows 10 that only runs apps from their store. Um, and if you want to take a regular a Windows laptop. desktop app, you have to convert it into something that, that will run in their store. But that means you get the kind of the Chromebook style advantages of, um, you know, configurability, uh, cloud storage, being able to log on and off very quickly, much more stable, the kind of the sort of things that iPads bring to the table as well. Um, but you, you get, you get, you're running Windows 10. Um, and, um, and yeah, but the thing is, this laptop doesn't really fit with that message because those devices are aimed at schools, which will be cheap, 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 cheap Chromebook style lap things. Whereas this is running the same OS and it's a thousand dollars plus. Well, so, yeah, so no, it, it runs the same OS, but it doesn't run the S version of 10. It does run the, ver- it comes with the version, S version of 10. You right. can pay for $50 extra when you buy it to basically turn that off and allow it to run anything. Which so. I know they're they're catching a lot of heat for that. I don't know. I'm kind of in. I'm kind of torn about that. It's. I, I think this is a way that Microsoft is trying to protect some users because malware and crap like that is just running rampant. Yeah, but they, a lot of that again. is code that's executed via email with an attachment, or you go to a malicious website, and this isn't going to solve that problem. Well, it kind of is. Um, the way these apps work is they, they, they work under what's called the Universal Windows um, Framework model, uh, and it means that everything is, is kind of sandboxed and separated from everything else. That's why the apps have to be packaged a certain way. So actually, it will be far more secure than a Windows laptop today, yes. which, which at the moment, architecturally, you know, stuff can run the web browser and it can it can fire up other things. This will not run any web browser. Windows 10s won't run any web browser except, except Edge, which means Microsoft can focus their security functionality on that. Um, they their argument is, and the re- I think the reason they they're putting 10s on the Surface laptop is ideally they'd like to drop a lot of the legacy stuff and move in this direction. I think they have to. Yeah, I really but, do. But, if they want to advance the way Mac OS has advanced yeah. with Windows. They they have to do this because it's a quagmire right now of horribleness for the average user. And the average user doesn't need a completely open system that they can download anything, anytime, anywhere. They really and, don't. Yeah, and you know what? I run, obviously I run all the laptops here at my office, so we run about 30 machines now. We have a cloud-based uh, antivirus and a web checking system from Symantec. So I get an email every time uh, that finds malware on a PC in our 30 PCs. And I get an email two, three times a day from, uh, and this is, this is basically the, the stuff reporting that it caught something and stopped it. And most of the time you look at where this happened and it was in a temp file somewhere, you know, it was like a drive by attempt from a website. Yep. Um, you know, it, this stuff is rampant and, uh, it needs to be stopped and we need to move to better models. And I think this is Microsoft trying to, to do that, but they're trying to do it you know the apple way would be to launch this and say well we're killing the old thing the old way of doing things you now only get um apps from the store and get used to it uh, this is microsoft trying to guide people there without necessarily cutting them off um and uh, so yeah they'll we'll we'll see whether it takes off at all or not because they need to get developers to embrace it i agree and i think this yeah. laptop and this strategy is the right direction so kudos to microsoft this is yeah this is an impressive-looking laptop. It's, I, you know yeah, what? I'm not a big fan at, of Windows, but I, if I was going to buy one, I, 
I wouldn't start at the low end. I would start with one of these. Yeah, absolutely. This is it's almost like the um, the Microsoft equivalent, the Chromebook Pixel. In uh, you know, this is kind of them showing the rest of the market how how they think it should be done. I agree. Uh, and then obviously other people will come in and, and do cheaper versions. So. Well, hopefully it will last longer than the Pixel did. Yeah, uh, the Pixel. But then Google Google likes to knife their babies young. <laughs> <laughs> Very descriptive, David. Yeah. Uh, one of the things, since we are now at episode 301, we've crossed that 300 mark. Um, David and I are going to introduce a new feature starting this episode. And oh, yeah, this is the... T- <laughs> knifing babies. Um, <laughs> tentatively, we're calling it wiki trolling, but we are open to suggestions for a better name. <laughs> and by the way, if there's any musicians you want to make a jingle for it, go for it. We'll we'll use it. So I want I yeah, but I do want one of those radio star ones, you know, with the people singing the harmonies in the background. Oh, absolutely. Wiki Wiki So the idea is either David or I, whoever remembers, and not five minutes before we start the show, which is probably how it'll go. Uh, we'll just go to Wikipedia and just randomly pick one. Pick yep. a subject, paste it into our show notes, and talk about it. And so that's what we're going to do uh, after we talk about the MyMac Podcasting Network in a few minutes. Um, but before we get to that, David, you know what? It's, it's time to say something here. And I think series voice recognition... And the results it provides is just terrible. Yeah. You know, I, I try to use it a lot. And I think I speak clearly. It just doesn't work even half the time at this point. I, I think it's getting worse than it used to be. I really do. And I hate to say that because I think the feature is something that is needed and is the future of, you know, the way we're going to talk to a lot of technology. But I'll give you an example. I'm looking for something specific, and I ask Siri, and she gives me the most confounding, stupid answers that have nothing to do with it. Such and then I lo- I can't right now, because it happens on such a daily basis that... So what I'll do is I'll, I'll fire up Chrome on the same iPhone, and then do the Ask Google thing, Yeah. and it's 99.9% accurate. It just works. And I, and I said it in the same voice. I said the same thing. And yet somehow Google could figure out what I'm looking for. And Siri, nope, no clue. Well, maybe that's because Google is crowdfunding a lot of information for a lot of people and Apple aren't prepared to do that. Well, I, I don't really care what the reason is. All I care about is results. And right now, the results, is as far as Siri versus Microsoft's voice recognition goes and answers, could not be farther apart. I th- I think there is some limited thinking in the way some of the things in Syria set up. I certainly agree with you on that. For instance, and this happens to me frequently. It happened to me the other day. I was um, I was a- in the house and I needed to remember to go out and do something about five p.m. It was about three in the afternoon. This was last weekend. So um, yeah, I, I, you know what? I could have set a reminder. I I never get into that the pro- i find the problem with reminders is you set them and then they appear in your reminders list forever more until you go and delete them so i i tend to use alarms instead so i said hey sorry i'm not gonna say it out loud in case i activate a whole lot of people's phones 
I said, set me alarm for five o'clock. Now, this is three o'clock in the afternoon. I expect Siri to either see that I want that I um that it's three in the afternoon and assume when I say five o'clock that I mean five PM or alternatively if it doesn't want to assume that to ask me, do you mean five PM or five AM? Instead what it did is it set an alarm for five AM. Now That's unacceptable. I, I, I think well it's it's not helpful. <laughs> and that's the problem with all of these things is that if to, in order to be able to rely on them, you have to not have to check up on them. You know, we we would all hate to have a, a human personal assistant who was so useless at their job that everything they did, you had to go and manually check to make sure they'd done it right. And and unfortunately, that's where we are with a lot of these voice assistants is we can't rely on them to be to be right. Correct. And you then have to go and check and see what they've done to make sure um, if, if you've asked them to do an action, whether it's right or not. Um, interestingly enough, my wife is in complaint. She keeps turning on the echo um, at at home. And I keep saying, what have you done this for? And she apparently, um, now I'm not, she's not giving me chapter and verse how she's doing this. So I need to investigate a little further. I'm not sure whether she's asking for this and it's misinterpreting what she is or whether it's actually doing it on its own, which is what she initially claimed it did. But she claims that African radio stations keep coming up on the echo. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And she's, you know, this. African radio station starts playing and she's getting adverts for car dealerships in Nairobi. Well, you never know. She may be planning to move there and not telling you about it, David. <laughs> Maybe. But again, this is, and you know, yeah, her, her answer to that is turn it off. I don't want it. Um, and that's the problem. And, uh, you know, these things do need to get better. I don't know how, how to fix it, but you are, you are right. They need to be better than they are. Um, and, and maybe, I don't know whether Siri is materially getting any worse or maybe our expectations are shifting about how good it needs to be. Um, and I think it's very difficult to say, oh, well, one's better than the other. It's just your experience with which one you get best results from. I wonder how much effort Apple is still putting into Siri, whether it's still at the forefront of development or it's just kind of languished for a few years now that it's kind of commonplace and uh, this is the I, thing. I would we, like you to know, think we, that it's still at the forefront but my results and experience suggest it's not and and this is the problem we have with apple is that much as we love them they do seem to have a focus problem they don't seem to be able to focus on more than one two things at a time look at what's just happened with the mac pro they're focused on it now but that's after five years of not doing very much about it at all and they don't seem to be able to you know as as rich as they are and as capable as they are and, and as great as they they you know are expected to be they don't seem to be able to do more than two or three things at once and uh, it's kind of odd. It's really odd. I don't. I, 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 it's, I'm dumbfounded by it because it's one of the killer features of the iPhone. You push the button and you tell it what you want to do, and it does it. Except we can't rely on it anymore. Yeah, mind you, at least they are doing better than Samsung, who launched their own new voice assistant called Bixby. Only they didn't really launch it because you can't use it yet because they haven't finished it. Yeah. Well. I didn't get that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, what what I don't want is AI that sits there and monitors what you're doing. But I don't know how you get to true voice recognition and and answers without it listening to you. You know what I mean? Uh, 
Yeah, I wouldn't. You know what? I wouldn't mind if it was listening to me all the time and knew everything about me, as long as only it knew that. Right. It wasn't passing that information somewhere else for other purposes. And, and I don't have any confidence that that is the case. And a lot of I think I don't think Apple would share that information. No, because I, I be, don't think that Amazon probably wouldn't. But I'm not as confident, and I know for a damn fact that Google will share it with everybody. Yeah, exactly. And and that's the issue, is that just in the same way with a human assistant, you don't mind. You trust your human assistant. They they work for you. You don't mind them knowing everything about you. But what you wouldn't want them to do is to be calling somebody else up and passing that information on whenever they got the opportunity in a, in the hope of making some extra money. Yeah, exactly. And. I just go back to, and I've said it time and time again, I just go back to the fact that I'm not Google's customer. Advertisers yeah. are. And yeah. they've, they've proven that time and time and time again. Yeah. Anyways, let's get into our, uh, uh, I guess you'd say, pimping the rest of the MyMac podcasting network because there's a lot of shows in the network, David, and... You know, people are always looking for new stuff to uh, to listen to, especially if you got long drives like you and I do sometimes. Yeah. So a good place to find it is go to MyMac.com and click the podcasts uh, menu, and you'll see a whole bunch of shows. Recently in the network, Essential Apple Podcast number 40, The Megabots Are Coming. Um, haven't listened to this one. I Actually, I haven't listened to any podcasts in the network in like two weeks now because I found a new podcast and I've been devouring it. I'll talk about it in a second. Okay. Um, next up on the list is Let's Talk Apple, number 44. Uh, Gazmaz is on there. That's it. The the MyMac Maven. That's right. Gazmaz. Yeah. yeah. Geeky Show Ever 256, clearly labeled Game, uh, Game Boys. I'm, I am I, I have to get in and listen to that show because I, I want to know what that's about. Boy, mm-hmm. you hear that car going by? Yeah. Nice guy. He's had no muffler on that thing for two years. I want to. I want to get together with all the neighbors. Is that is that even legal? No, it doesn't stop him. So, well, don't don't your cars have to be inspected every year? No, not in Michigan. You and I, I've seen basically skateboards with wooden bumpers and an engine driving down the road with children in the back seat, and it's like, how is that legal? Well, it's Michigan. We drive whatever we want. Yeah. Capitalism means that you must have the choice of being unsafe. Mm-hmm. Uh, MyMac 654 is the Mally Mareware Show. Uh, hmm. What the hell is that about? So yet another piece of malware that relies on the gullibility of computer users to infect themselves. Well, yeah, you know what? Uh, th- that is true, but you know what? You can't people have always been gullible um, we're all gullible in various different ways um, we can all fall for scams we can fall for marketing we can fall for advertising we can fall for confirmation bias of how we were brought up and, and all those sorts of things but I think the problem with malware is that it will always exploit yeah. human human um, gullibility and you can't really blame people for that you've still got to do something to stop the malware you've, you've, got, to, you've got to find a way of stopping it and protecting us from ourselves you know, and just like, guys you're just like there, somebody that's... should protect that guy from not putting the muffler on his car for two years because he's probably breathing in all that crap. And, oh, he is. Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, but I'm, but well, that's, gonna, that's, what, that's what things are meant to be. That's that's yeah. what society is meant to be. It's meant to protect us from ourselves. And, 
you know, education and making sure people know not to do malware or click on things, do things that promote malware is very important, but also is technical solutions to try and stop this happening in the first place. You know, society, civilization is our battle against natural selection. Yep. Because there'd be a lot of dumb, dead people out there right now. Sure is. Uh, Three Geeky Ladies, number 102, Road Trips. The ladies talk about their favorite apps and websites they used before, during, and after travel. That'd be a good one. I don't go yeah, on a lot of road trips lately, but I might uh, I might have to listen to that one. I'm going um, I'm going on a cruise again in a few weeks' time, and uh, I need to start preparing. Hmm. Okay, uh, <laughs> I'm getting texts. Uh, <laughs> we Nintendo all know Club, you're getting texts. Yeah. Well, well, I've got it on the computer, and I yeah. So I just opened it up on my phone, so that should default there and not ding me on the computer uh club nintendo tim and john talk nintendo switch zelda and nintendo direct i'm still you know what i was doing right before we started recording is i was playing zelda yeah well i just got to uh see i'm not like following a storyline or anything i get i'm i get distracted i'm like oh what's that over there i'm gonna go explore oh i'm gonna try cooking this dish up and then Cole really likes to watch Zelda video games or uh-huh. Zelda video plays. Like, how do you get this armor, Dad? Well, we'll Google search it, and then he'll go sit down on the Wii U and, and do the same thing and get that armor. Well, neither one of us could figure out how to get to was it Death Mountain or Fire Mountain or something. As soon as you go there, you start bursting into flames and die. So That's bad. Uh, well, yeah, kind of. So, but I have a, I had an elixir that lasted ten minutes that makes you basically fireproof, and I knew there was a city if I followed this road, and so I just ran like hell. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't engage anybody that tried to fight me or anything. I just kept going, and then I went into the store and I bought fireproof armor. So now I can start exploring parts of the map that I wasn't able to before. Right. So, you, did you get to the city? Yes. So when you get to the city. When you're in the city, it doesn't make you burst into flame. It's only when you're outside, right? No, it's it's the whole area of this Death Mountain thing. It's like lava. Everywhere. Why why would anybody build a city in a place where you catch fire? Well, because the the creatures that live there, that's that's what they do. That's where all the minerals are because it's next to a giant volcano, right? And they're miners, okay. and they're like well, big rock dudes. It still sounds to me like the zoning there would be a real problem. Yeah, I didn't think that they thought it through all the way, to be honest. <laughs> but, you know, there's there's the cold area where you have to have warm clothes, and there's a fire area where you have to have armor that protects you from it. There's a desert where if you can get to this one city, you go on this little mini quest, you find this dude, and he sells you ostensibly women's clothing, which allows you to survive the, the heat. I don't know how that works, but okay. It's Japanese. Yeah. You know, at some well, point you just got to roll with it. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. But you know what, though? It, it It's, and I know I've talked about it on the show many times already. Yeah. But God, we can this tell is, you're enjoying it. It's it's one of the best video games that's ever been made. Yeah. The, 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 look, they made this big sandbox with this physics engine. Knowing that people are going to do things they didn't even think about. Yeah. And they do. 
it's it's just it's amazing um you have this magnetism power that allows you to move metal objects around and you can stack metal objects and when you're stacking them obviously you lift them up off the ground well i found out if i got in this old mine cart that's metal and then i put a metal box inside of it if i stand on the metal box and use my magnetism on this cart it goes up off the ground so I'm sensibly flying around. Very good. It's stupid, and it my yeah. guy keeps falling off because it's this rickety thing. But God, it's fun. It's just so, it's a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah. So uh, when you when you get exposed to something like that, which does something you've not seen in a game before, it's very exciting. I recently introduced my son to Half Life Two. Mm, good game. Which, yeah, great game. But the thing is, what was what was so different about that? That was the first game where they really did the physics right. Yes. And and it, it's an enormous part of the gameplay is the physics, and uh, you know they coupled that with a you know a pretty good storyline. Oh, I um, would say it's a, a really good storyline. Yeah, and and a ve- and very compelling environment. You know, you're dropped into this uh, this it's Earth, but it's been invaded by aliens, and it this kind of has this fascist thing to it, and you have to do the whole kind of uh, smuggle the railway through to to get to the free zone and all of that, and that's just the first part of the game. Right. So anyway, my son is is massively massively into it he really got into it straight Xbox away but it really it really struck me when i'd not obviously i've not played it or seen it for a few years it really struck me how um how well done that that environment is for that particular game you now know? did you course, did you play it on the orange box i yeah the, um, this, i originally played it on the pc but now we're playing it on the xbox so well i mean the orange box software that it comes yeah with. yeah yeah so he's he played, he played through portal and now he's very keen to play portal 2 because obviously portal itself was very quick um because it was almost like a tech demo and then portal 2 was the big game they did on the same idea so he's he's very excited to play in that but he has um he has school school tests coming up so i've said no no more now until after um after his school tests are out that's of the way. fair but uh, I have a copy of Portal 2 waiting for him for when he's done for that. But fun- funnily enough, um, you know I spend all this time traveling away in London. So uh, this week I went into a, a, one of these second-hand game stores and I picked up another Xbox, um, like kind of the more recent slim ones. Yeah. Um, and an Xbox with a controller, all the stuff on it, and then I bought four old Call of Duty games as well. Came to £50. It was like, man... And and this is I'm just going to keep it my um in my my suitcase and when I'm away I'm now going to be able to play video games on the Xbox. Well, and, I did that uh, when I was working in Chicago. I I yeah. bought two Xboxes, uh, and then one of them was always with me when I was in a hotel in Chicago yeah. three or four nights because you know sometimes I'd watch a movie or a TV show, but more often than not, and this was when Red Dead Redemption had just kind of become a thing. Yeah. So I was playing Red Dead Redemption in that hotel room, sometimes way too late at night, and I'm like, "Oh my god, I got to go to work in the morning." Um, but you know, when you're when you're away from home, it's very easy to lose yourself in games like that because you don't have the normal trappings that will let you know, okay, now it's you know, it's, yeah, the kids are going exactly. to bed now, it's dinner time, it's you're just sitting there by yourself. But uh, yeah, but I, I was really struck. I mean, I love the Xbox 360 and. The fact that the console now is so cheap, yeah, it's the crazy. games are so cheap, and there's such a massive library of games. And um, it's not just know, a I, massive library. There's a crap ton of really fantastic content on that system. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah, it, and, it's and, a steal. Even, even 
even today, the vast majority of uh, Xbox One games are, are just basically higher graphics versions of games that were on the 360. I mean, yeah. not, there's not an awful lot of new stuff out no. there that you, you kind of think, oh, well, you'd never, you, you can never play that anything like that on 360. Well, I would tell you right now, without any hesitation, if someone said, you can have one game system and all the games, and that's all you could ever have, it would be the 360 so far. No question. Yeah. Because the game, there, it's in its extensive library that is very, very diverse. Mm. You know? That's that's what I would pick. I'd pick a 360 that would never die, which mm-hmm. would be a, a, a miracle because they have a tendency to crap out. Oh, well, the, 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 the recent, the recent one, the the, re, the re, revised hardware ones, the S and the E, uh, they don't have that problem anymore. They were completely redesigned. Um, and also, I have to say, so much quieter than, than the old one I have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they are a lot quieter. No yeah. question. Well, I've got the, the Xbox 360, and this is like my fourth one. Yeah. It's the one that actually looks like an Xbox One. Oh, right. So that's the E. Yeah, I've got that yeah. next to my Xbox. Well, it's not right next to it, but it's on the same area as the Xbox One. So, But you know what's funny is I haven't turned on the Xbox One in a couple months now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, don't don't tell Microsoft. <laughs> I think they know. Uh, yeah. So let's jump into this new feature that we've uh, that we talked about earlier, David. It's wiki trolling, and again, we welcome your feedback on a name change. Easy to get a hold of us. It's the show at techfanpodcast dot com. You can go to mymac dot com or techfanpodcast dot com and leave a message in the show notes for this episode, and you know. If you got a better name than Wiki Trolling, we're all for it. Yep. Uh, and of course, we are Tech Fan Podcast on Twitter. So I was the one that picked it this time, David. I picked it last night. I was thinking about this idea for a couple of days. Like we, you know, we got through three hundred shows now. Maybe we should change it up a little bit. Just do something different or add something to the show that we didn't do. Huh? And this I, is kind of oh. Before, hold on a minute. I'll tell you what, what the inspiration behind this was. I was going to ask you that. I was going to ask where you had the idea from. Have you done well, this before? Well, it's a tie-in to what I was saying that I haven't listened to any of the shows in the network lately. Right. There's a podcast, and I probably shouldn't tell people this because they'll stop listening to this show and they'll start listening to the other because it's, it's really, really good. It's much better than what we do. <laughs> um, it's called The Dollop. Right. Have you heard of it? I have not. So one of them is kind of a history buff. And one of them's a comedian. And they have guests and stuff, but they don't focus on that. The idea is the the history guy, who's also extremely funny, I think he's an actor or, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. He will read a story from history. And the other guy has no idea what the story's going to be or anything. And he comments on it. Very simple cool. premise. They are yeah. so good at it. They do it in front of live audiences a lot. Yeah. I, I've listened to each episode is about an hour and a half. So in a week, yeah. if you've got a short drive, you can listen to Tech Fan and then listen to that every week. If you, if you, before we dive into our topic, if you like that sort of thing, yeah, there was a TV show that was done by two comedians here in the UK, um, and what was it called? Um, it will they were. Um, it was David Baddiel and Frank Skinner, and they basically did this show that was about nothing. They would get on the stage, sat on the sofa, and they would just interact with the audience and see where it went. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Um, so they had no topics. I, I'm trying to remember. Oh, Unplanned. It was called Bedelia and Skinner Unplanned. And it literally was a live audience, and they would just start riffing off stuff off the audience. They had no and they, and it was all about them doing kind of, you know, spur of the moment, uh, knee-jerk comedy. Very, well, so very you- funny. And then what they would do, they'd get one, one person up from the audience who had, basically had to write everything that happened on a whiteboard so they had a record of it. Um, so if you like the dollop, which, um, you know, it, this is a this is a very similar idea. Um, find, go and find it on YouTube. It's uh, You'll probably enjoy it very much. So that was the inspiration for wiki trolling. Mm-hmm. I don't know where the, our conversations will go. I don't know if, well, I know if I know anything about the subject, but I don't know if you do. And so the idea is it's basically a random topic that we'll just riff on. And it won't always be tech. It will be sometimes. It's whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this week's topic. Okay. May 2000. The outdoor recreation activity geocaching, in which players use GPS to find hidden containers, is first played. Geocaching was originally... Uh, was originally similar to the 160-year-old game Letterboxing, uh, which uses clues and references to landmarks embedded in stories. Geocaching was conceived shortly after the removal of the selective availability from the GPS system in May 2000. I so mean, selective availability was the deliberate military spoofing of GPS to make it less accurate, to stop terrorists using it. Exactly. Uh, and um, I think it was Bill Clinton who removed that because two reasons. First of all, they had to turn it off during the first Gulf War because there weren't enough military GPSs that didn't get spoofed by selective availability around. So everyone out in uh, Saudi Arabia just went to um, the local stores and bought Garmin GPSs, and so they had to turn it off so they all worked in the tanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so um, people said, well, hang on a minute, you know, we've paid for this system, the American people, we should really get proper accuracy. And um, yeah, it does, does allow you to find things much more easily than you could before. You couldn't find, you could only find an area before you couldn't find an object. So obviously with GPS, you can get very, very accurate with where you place things. The first documented placement of a GPS-located cache took place on May 3rd, 2000, by Dave Ulmer of Beaver Creek, Oregon. The activity was originally referred to as GPS stash hunt or GPS stashing. This was changed... I can see why. <laughs> yeah. This was changed why. shortly <laughs> after the original hide when it was suggested in the GeoStash e-group that stash could have a negative connotations and the term geocaching was adopted. Over time, a variety of different hide-and-seek type activities have been created or abandoned so that geocaching may now refer to hiding and seeking containers or locations or information without containers. So it's kind of become, you know, bigger than the original concept. An independent accounting of the early history documents several controversial actions taken by the Irish and Grounded Inc. By Irish and Grounded Inc., a predecessor to Groundspeak to increase commercialization and monopolistic control over the hobby. More recently, similar hobbies such as Munzee have attracted some geocachers by rapidly adopting smartphone technology, which is called, and then in quotes, some resistance from geocaching organizations about placing caches along with Munzees. In other words, so, 
oh, these people, they got phones and they got to play a hobby. And then I well, go. Well, you know what? It's, well, I think actually what's what's caused a lot of trouble here is, is there's a couple of people who have tried to make money out of geocaching. Munzee is one of them. Yeah, so and, what? Um, well, some people, you know, the uh, these things that, that grow up on the internet are like, you know, information has to be free and this is a free and 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 uh, family orientated hobby and you shouldn't be making your dirty money out of it. Some people have that. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to diss them for having that because you know what, that is a perfectly reasonable attitude to have. No, it's not. It's, they, it's, it's an they, arrogant attitude to have. It's well, one of these, you know, if, oh, the they're going to ruin our perfect utilitarian. Well, yeah. I know what you're saying, but some people, when they have that idea, if they have the idea in an altruistic fashion, they dislike when somebody appears to them to be kind of ripping off the idea in order to make money. That's what they're concerned about. Their concern is, um, you know, people will make money off that without knowing what the original thing was. Who cares um, what they're at, at this point? Well, we have Wikipedia. Yeah, Everyone listening to this show knows where it came from. Yeah, well, you know what? It happened on the Checkers is and- free if I go out and buy some, or if I go out and with sticks and make a marks on freaking dirt and grab some rocks i can play checkers for free yeah or but I can you know what play a nicer if, if, one if i go to the store and spend 3.99 for a plastic checker set with a cardboard play tape yeah. I, come on but it's the internet and people love to argue on the internet yeah and uh in fact the real opportunity is finding a way of making money of people arguing on the internet then that's, you'll be a multi-billionaire. that's how you can make some money right there <laughs> commercialize that stuff and then uh, yeah. yeah you give so them have the you outlet ever, have you ever done geocaching <laughs> Uh, you know what? No, my my wife and I have talked about it. We haven't quite a long time, and it. We even went so far as to download some apps that we were thinking about doing it with, and we know that it's not huge here, but there is some people that do it here. We know that for a fact, yeah. and so we thought this might be fun to take the kids out, and it's kind of a treasure hunt type thing. Um, and I don't know why we never actually did it, but it's not. It's not super appealing or unappealing to me. It's like, yeah, I wouldn't mind doing that. It's, you know, it sounds like a, fun. Yeah, the kids get a real kick out of it. We, we've we done it once. Uh, I, when we first moved to our new house, it's, there's a, a kind of a, like a park type area at the top of the street from where we are. Um, and I became aware that there was two or three geocaches hidden in this area. So one afternoon I suggested that we all go out and look for them with the, with the app. And I tell you, the kids had a ball. Mm-hmm. The the, prob- the only problem is is that there are different levels of caching. Some people they just like to put a canister with a piece of paper in where people can sign it um, in a in a, a a place and then they'll they'll post them and everything. Other people like to make it a lot more cryptic. And if you have the misfortune to not really love cryptic stuff, and then you'd be looking for something that's actually quite cryptic, it's not always obvious that. The guy who's done it has really been clever about how he's hidden the cache. And we spent, um, we found one relatively easily. And then we found, uh, we spent the, uh, two hours basically round a single point trying to find this other one that we knew was there somewhere and we couldn't find it anywhere. Um, and you know, so you can have fun with it, but sometimes it can be a little bit frustrating, but it is kind of a cool idea. I, I think it's, uh, one of these things that, Look, it's not an original idea, even when it was invented in 2000. It's, it's, yeah, it's a scavenger hunt. It's a scavenger hunt yeah. it, using technology, and you can get very accurate. Yeah. I think it's a cool thing. I, I think it's yeah. something that, hey, if you're looking for something to do, and I'm bored, 
Yeah, download an app. The apps are free. There's yeah. 20 or 30 of them that I remember seeing, and this was years ago. Yeah. And, and the other thing as well is that you don't have to go out and find other people's caches if you want. You can have just as fun an afternoon creating your own, figuring out what you want to put in it. You know, so you need to, to figure out uh, some kind of weatherproof box. You need to figure out what you want to put in it, and you need to post the details on the internet, and then you need to hide it where people can go and find it. And then every now and again, you need to go back and check it and see whether people have been in there and had a look at it and left stuff. That's the the idea behind it is you you can you can yeah if you have a big enough box, you can leave tchotchkes there, and then other people take a tchotchke as well. And you know, so over time, you can get it kind of get a flavour of the sort of people who might be coming to visit it. And, uh, you know, put a log in there so people can sign it um, and, uh, you know, kind of a social thing. So you can do that as well. You don't necessarily have to go out looking for them. You can create your own and find a good hiding place for it, you know. What we got to do, David, is come up with an idea that uses this basic concept where it's a physical thing. Yeah. I don't know how we would do it, but we put this physical thing in a box and it's kind of like Pokemon Go with geocaching. So you yep. go there, you gotta you gotta collect them all, but it's a physical thing. Hmm. But then you yeah. gotta have someone fill, refilling them all the time, and it's kind of a pain. Yeah, that'd be fun. But, well, you, well, you put a box out and then just ask people to leave you money. That well, you know, there you go. We could call that call that geo pan handling, where you cash just cashing. you leave boxes all over a city, and people just have to find them and put money in them. Yeah. <laughs> And whoever puts the most in wins. Exactly. <laughs> so that is our wiki trolling this week. Geocaching. It's uh, yeah. Have any of you done geocaching? If so, let us know. I'd like to hear your story about geocaching. Uh, again, it's easy to get a hold of us. It's simply the show at techfanpodcast.com. And uh, I, I, it sounds like a fun thing. I, I I might have to revisit this soon with uh, Julie and, and taking the kids out. It, it could be a fun thing. Yeah, it is. I would um, I would recommend the kids will definitely get a you know kids love anything like that. You know, you give Cole the phone and he's in charge of finding the thing, and then Brooke can be in charge of interpreting the instructions. And you know, actually, once you get to the place, actually locate because the thing is, you can. You, on the app, you'll see I'm here. It's definitely here, but you still need to interpret the instructions to actually find out exactly where something that is hidden in undergrowth or in a wall or something that actually is. Um, and you know, then you need the parents there just to make sure that you don't get arrested while you're doing it. So, <laughs> or someone's like, you know, kidnapping the kids. Yeah, exactly. You know, but um, yeah, no, but it's amazing actually. Some people can get very concerned when they see you just hanging around a spot looking for something well they just assume you're playing pokemon go nowadays right okay it's less strange yeah (laughs) (laughs) thank goodness for that nintendo yeah thanks (laughs) so you got anything else this week david no that's pretty much it um we need to look at when we're recording over the next couple of weeks because i think uh, schedules are going to be challenging yep um you know i i was I was excited by the uh, by the Surface laptop um, announcement, so I'm looking forward to seeing one of those. Uh, I need to find a Microsoft store so I can actually go and get a look at one. Um, but uh, no, I think I've told you all my news for this week. I've just been video gaming all week, so. Me too. Well, I've been working <laughs> most of the time, but yeah. So with that, we're going to wrap up. I said it's not going to be a long episode this week. We're going to wrap up this episode of 
the Tech Fan Podcast. We do want to thank our sponsor, which we actually kind of put the ad at the beginning. See, that's the thing, David. It kind of, it was an ad. They it pay us to talk about the products and services and company, but it wasn't an ad because I actually do need to get a new hard drive, and I'm going to get it through MacSales.com for my daughter's computer. So, yeah. and I apologize to the listeners again. Just, just buy it on Amazon. What are you talking about? Save three cents and get it on Amazon because there are there's no problem with that company. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to wrap up this episode. Thanks to uh, uh, MacSales.com. Thanks to the other shows in the My Mac Podcasting Network. I hope you guys give them a shot, give them a listen, and because uh, everybody likes an audience, right? That's what we do it for. And we yep. really do want to encourage you guys to get a hold of us. Uh, your feedback really does help the show a lot, especially in the, the doldrums of summer when things are just not really going on and people are taking vacations and... You know, that's when we really could use help from you guys and Gales. And, uh, you know, let us know about the show. Give us your thoughts. So with that, we're going to wrap up, and we'll see you in one week. Bye, David. Bye. Bye.